It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarda. I am the host and I am the franchise consultant that helps you figure out what to do with your life if you don't want a regular job. So I help people all over the world, or most likely in the United States and Canada, but help people figure out what is the best option for them if it does involve franchising, but franchising is not for everyone. So check out my website, thefranchiseacademy.com, where you can find my books, number one bestseller, Franchise Savvy, and also my new course on how to buy a franchise, the A to Z's, everything that you need to know is there for you. I'm bringing in somebody special today, somebody from outside the franchise industry, but someone who has spectacular knowledge on sales and how to grow your business exponentially in a very short amount of time. His name is Simon Cerevino, and he helps business owners get out of the weeds and run their companies more effectively and efficiently, which results obviously in more sales and helps those sales to soar. He has created Strategy Sprints, and, and he has a book on it, and, and it's all about a method that you, you're able to pull, he had, we're going to talk about this in a minute, you pull three levers in your business that helps you double your revenue in 90 days. He has spoken at companies, you know, little ones you might have heard of like Google and maybe some other companies like Roach and others. He's a TEDx speaker, uh, contributor to Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine, and he's a member of the SVBS um, Silicon Valley Blockchain Society. So Simon, welcome to the Franchise Academy. I'm so happy to be here. Let's do this. This is so great. Um, I'm so excited. Plus, you're on the other side of the world in Austria, which makes this now an international podcast. Yes. <laughs> so yes, so we're global now. <laughs> so, so give us a little background. What, what is Strategy Sprints? It's a consultancy that doubles revenue in 90 days. I have a global team. And, and the fun thing is that after 20 years of trying to find out what's the best scalable way of running a consultancy, guess what my model is? It's a franchise model now. And uh, I didn't learn this from consultancies because you don't see many consultancies who run successfully as a franchise. They think it's not for them. Many people say, yeah, but a service business, I cannot scale that. Wrong. Mm. Wrong. You need the right model, right? If they just had talk to you. And um, I, I was just looking around and say, wait a moment, how do I scale this thing? I'm the bottleneck here. I don't want to be the bottleneck of the, my growth. How do I scale this thing? And then I, I, walk past, I, 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 I walk past the McDonald's and I say, wait a moment, how did they do this? They just write down what they do. They scale it. Next country, same thing. Blueprint. Hey, I just need a checklist. And so I started with one checklist. It became then an SOP. I have now of course, a, a full SOP manual. And um, now every country has a certified strategy sprints coach. It's the smartest model. But, you know, there is a journey when you're an entrepreneur. First, you have to have that pain that you start something and then you see, oh my God, I cannot scale it. And then you are ready to do business model innovation and to find a smarter way. And so I went through that in 20 years. And... Um, what I do, I help people have better sales, 
and better operations. So you say that the usually the owner is the bottleneck. So how do you yeah. identify that if, if you are the bottleneck? Well, I can tell you how I um, how I felt it. So in the evening, here my kids come. I have three kids. My kids, papa, 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 dinner is ready. Come to dinner. I say, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. So if you feel that you are the bottleneck, <laughs> because if you are the one entity which time is time can can be the boundary of anything then now the thing is not scalable. If one person is a key component of that, then you, you don't have a business, you have a, a job, right? And that it's not a business yet. So a business is a business when you can go on vacation for four weeks and uh, it, runs, it, it's, it runs with the same quality, if not better. That's beautiful. Yeah, speaking my language. So how, if you could give an example, how do you fix a bottleneck? So first, you have to identify the bottleneck. And um, it's, it's easy if you have the right questions. We have a set of questions. And as an example, if you would 10x tomorrow, you take on 10 more clients tomorrow, which part of your business breaks first? These kind of questions will tell you quickly. I think it takes eight minutes, 10 minutes to find your bottleneck. Think of your business as, you know, awareness, engagement, closing, delivering, retaining, upselling. And then you ask yourself just this question. If I 10x, which part breaks first? And then you will see, oh, the onboarding process. Oh my God, I don't have a client onboarding process. Then you know that's the bottleneck. If you can onboard them quickly, but then in the delivery, you cannot deliver what you promised. Then your delivery part is, is the one bottleneck, etc. It's pretty simple. You just you just you know exaggerate the number of throughput and see what breaks. There is always one part that breaks. That's your bottleneck. That is amazing. Um, and so that's I'm you know I'm like this is me. I, I need to fix this because my wife is always saying it's dinner time. I'm like I'll be right there. I'll be right there. And almost every night I get there and the food is cold because I'm struggling with trying to do everything. Even you. Even you, you see how relevant this is, right? Yeah. Oh my God, absolutely. I'm I'm really excited about it. Um, you you talk about falling in love with the problem. What do you mean by that? So imagine you your ideal client is mothers of three kids, <laughs> and um, and you say, okay, they have a problem. They don't have enough time. They have to organize uh, all the time. So I'm going to solve them. I create a calendar for them. And I create a global business calendar for moms. Now, if you focus on the solution, guess what? The technological solution for that calendar will change every couple of years and people will substitute you. Yeah, You start with paper, then they go digital, then they go blockchain, etc. Then it will be in their glasses. So if you focus on the solution, you have a problem because somebody will wipe you out with a better technology. If you focus on the problem and on the target group, they will always be around. Moms will always be moms. We're always the world will always have moms. You focus on them, you really understand them. You focus on this one problem, time management for moms. They will always have a time scarcity, always. So you will always be in the business and you can get better and better every year. Examples of good 
good businesses, good brands that do this really well, for example, Tesla or Apple, it's not so much about the product. They could change the product tomorrow. I don't care. But I stay with them. If Tesla builds me a bike, I'm going to buy the bike just because, you know, because they got me. They got me. We are in this together. We want to shift the world to a smarter energy system. I mean, you bring rockets. I go rockets. I don't care about the car. I care about the mission and who they are building this for and why we are doing this smarter energy transition. So, and they got me. And yeah. um, that's the difference to other car companies. And so we all can do that with our small businesses. It's about caring about the target group and the problem instead of the solutions because solutions come and go every couple of years. Absolutely. That's brilliant. It's great insight. And it's so simple as you explain it, you're like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> so what, what is it, the agile company versus the, the uh, rigid company? What do you mean by that? Is that the, kind of what you were just saying? It's the rate of speed, the rate of change inside and outside. So outside something changes. For example, right now, Bitcoin is going through the roof. How fast can you adjust to that? How fast can you respond your products, your offers, et cetera? How fast can you pivot in response to that? If the change outside is faster than you can react, you are not agile. If you can react as fast as the change outside or even faster, you are agile. And that's what keeps you around because who will be around in three years? Not the biggest company, not the fastest company, the one that can react quicker to what's going on because this team will still be relevant. It's about the structural coupling. This, the fitness, survival of the fitness means the fit between you and the outside world. That's the fit. Higher, the higher the fit, the longer you survive as a company. And how does the speed versus velocity fit into that factor? Some people now read sprint and say, oh, it's about faster, faster. Yeah, faster is fine. But if you run the fastest in the wrong direction, you will still lose the marathon, right? So you have to run fast, yes, but in the right direction. So in physics, there is this term of velocity, which means direction and pace. You get both right, you win. But speed alone doesn't get you anywhere. Uh -huh. Brilliant. So, oh, man, okay. Um, and so what are the three habits that CEOs should have? Is ooh. When outside, nothing is in your control, which right now is exactly the case. There are only three things that are really in your control. Daily habit, weekly habit, monthly habit. Daily habit is how you allocate your time and how you can delegate more tomorrow, automate more tomorrow, make stuff more scalable. The weekly habit is get your three numbers reported every week. Marketing numbers, sales numbers, operations numbers. So marketing numbers can be how many people were on our website today, how many want to buy, how many did we call. Sales numbers can be how many discovery calls did we have? How many did we close? How many follow-ups did we do? Operations numbers can be how many pissed off clients did we have this, this week? And uh, how quickly did we turn that, that irritation into a wow because we reacted? That You can measure that in hours. Or how many super fans did we have today 
in our client group because and you can measure that by the number of referrals somebody who who cc'd you in an email and said freddy you have to meet peter it's amazing and you need this thing that's one referral you count it as a one and you can measure that every week and that's the sprint dashboard three numbers per area three marketing numbers three sales numbers three ops numbers that's the strategy sprints method and um, when you see that in front of you three three numbers and then you see a blue line and the red line Cur current and target mm -hmm. and uh, and you just want it to go up it doesn't really matter if it's going up one percent or half a percent or two percent but you want to see it going up every week and that's enough now you have a continuous improvement process going on you have your whole team aligned looking at one thing like a like a basketball team you know they see one thing in front of them and uh, that's cool because people get immediate feedback whatever they're doing they oh yeah it's working let's do more oh it's not working let's uh, let's find out why not and then it's working again and it's like angry birds they shoot the bird they get immediately 500 points and that motivates them to shoot the bird again yeah that's great it's so insightful i, I appreciate this i wanted to ask you about your concept revolving around rol what is rol the, the return on luck which is a, a term that I, I speak about, which of course there is no metric about that, right? But how is it possible that some people have more luck, some teams just crush it and they are doubling, 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 and other people, they are also giving their best, but luck does not land on their desk. What's the difference? And so if you look a little bit deeper, teams that crush it and teams that don't crush it, the main difference is team that crush it they have a fewer set of metrics that they measure and they run more experiments in shorter time. So for example, in, in sales, you can test four different sales scripts in a week. You will crush it probably because your competitor maybe is just using one sales script and measures the sales conversions maybe monthly. Well, guess who's gonna crush it, right? Because you are running four experiments in one week and you don't need more than a week to find out if a sales script works or not. You, you know that after eight discovery calls and that you can do basically in one to two days. Mm -hmm. Love that. So I think, you know, what, what you're also talking about is um, there, there was a golfer and I forget his name, but he said, the more I practice, the luckier I get. And Exactly. And, yeah. Right. So it's, it's putting... You know, it, it, it's not getting bogged down in all the details. And I, and I believe a lot of times you have very smart people that run spreadsheets and never actually get to do the work. They're just constantly analyzing. So I think that's a lot of it. So yeah, the mindset is different. You go for failures. How much can I fail per week? Because that is automatically how much can I learn? And you fail 50 times, you get to one gem, to something that's working. If you I, don't I, do that... You'll never get, you'll never find something that works if you don't try. You're so right. But the issue is that we're trained to avoid failure and avoid loss and all of that. So it, yeah. it's so difficult, especially for a new entrepreneur. A lot of people listening to this podcast now, they're new in, in the space of business ownership and they're afraid to fail, but it's not the worst thing. And we could probably do a whole podcast just on that. <laughs> 
yet this whole book is 18 years of failing at stuff and uh, and standing up again and showing up again right you know i i failed in my second franchise and lost a ton of money and that was um almost 20 years ago and um i'm still here like no problem i mean it it really sucked back then losing money stinks but the the education that i got from that is priceless and now i'm able to like you help people not make the mistakes that we already went through over the past 20 years so i, yeah, I the point is funny. having having measuring point often so the three months when we coach one-to-one it's a 90 day cycle because it's 12 weeks one week is a sprint so we have 12 measuring points what you of course don't want is failure after 90 days that nobody wants that but you want five failures in each week and every seven days measuring that because that will be now the fuel for learning so a big mistake after a long time is is horrible. You don't want that. But many, five mistakes today, that's perfect because you will catch them quickly. You will learn from them. And in iterations, you will crush it. That's the difference. Instead of, you know, one year and then big surprise, oh my God, you want to have five fillers in the morning before lunch, and then you can call it a day. All right, I got five no's on the phone. Perfect. In the afternoon, I will close up. Right. That's great. That's, that's a great attitude to have. Super. So the, for you, what are you most excited about right now in your business? I am touring right now. I'm on tour. People say, oh, Simon, you're on tour. You're on every podcast because I am telling about the Strategy Sprints book. And I literally, I literally cry because I'm so happy when I read the Amazon reviews. And um, because when you write a book, you don't know, will anybody read it? Will it be helpful? Does the world really need another book? Because there are so many books, come on. So I try to write a good book. And so when it goes out there in the black void, you don't know, will anybody read it? And then when somebody really reads it and they write on Amazon right now, reviews like, wow, I have more time with my two-year-old daughter right now because I have my systems uh, are more organized, right? So I, I can enjoy my daughter again as an entrepreneur and mom. These are the things where I literally, I show them to my wife, to my kids. I'm proud and um, I am totally touched. That's great. Yeah, that, that's worth more than money. I, I agree with you. That's where you get your satisfaction from. So I appreciate it, Simon. I know that you have six more podcasts coming up today. So I'm, <laughs> I wish I could hold you longer because I got a million more things I want to talk about. But how can people reach you right now? I hang out at strategiesprints.com, which is also where you can download many, many of the tools and templates that we use with our clients for free. We are open source kind of people. We yeah. believe in that. And uh, yeah, strategiesprints.com. Yeah, strategiesprints.com. I was on the website. A lot of great information, all for free. So I encourage all you guys listening to go out and check that out. All that information and Simon's information will be on the franchiseacademy.com. So check that out when you get uh, back to your computer. Simon, I thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes here with us. The insights were just outrageously great. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Keep rolling. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com.
Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.